like toxicity. There's no benefit to its two forms. Do you like yellow? Do you like purple? Take your pick. Sorry. Do you like yellow or do you like blue? I can't remember my colors, apparently. Look, man, I don't know. We learned our colors a really long time ago. It wasn't that long ago for me. I did it in college. You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. Furfru makes a glamorous debut in Pokemon Go. The people want to know, what is your white whale? Be the form change you want to see in the world. Weak with fashion? That's no problem during Fashion Week. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast, episode 161. It's September 14th. It's truly, honestly, and straightforwardly a Tuesday evening. (laughs) It feels good to be back in the pocket. I'm your host, Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. Hey, Kyle, isn't it nice to be home on a Tuesday evening? You know, it's 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 no different to me. So, <laughs> OK, well, we can at least pretend like we have some <laughs> some reverence for our, our traditions around here. But I understand Thursdays and Saturdays work just fine. It's like the microphones sound any different, I suppose. <laughs> but it is it is Tuesday, mostly because there wasn't a thunderstorm today. So my power is still on. We're happy. All right. Before we get started with the show today, we've got a piece of news. We've got some other stuff to talk about. A lot of poodles in this oh episode. God. Just a heads up. But shout out to four patrons of ours who either repledged or pledged for the first time uh, this. Well, since the last show, I suppose. Shout out to Graydon, Levitate the Hype, Cress, and Ryu. Thank you so very much for your support. Very uh, happy to have you in the Discord if you've joined us so far. And and hey. Some familiar names in there for sure. Crash, shout out to you. Nice to actually get a chance to chat. Very cool. All right, Kyle, we set some goals last week, and you and I were just talking yeah. about how um, goals were a thing, and we forgot about them. Um, but I'm eager to hear how you did all the same. So did you hatch 40 eggs since last episode? Yes. Yes, I did. Nice work. Did you finish the Psychic Spectacular just like event in general, the research, all that stuff? Yeah, I did. Nicely done. The 500,000 experience since last week? I did not. Ooh, woof. All right. Level 44 quests. She finished oh, those. I knew I forgot about one. You no, got to write not. it down. You got to write def- it down. I should write it down. Maybe I will this week. Maybe. I, I definitely should have done those. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard maybe for, for me is, is what I heard. All right. So for me this past week, I wanted to walk 25 kilometers. I did since last episode. It just didn't show up in my thing like it. I didn't walk 25 before the update uh, yesterday. It was like 23 or something like that. So that's a miss for me. 5 million experience within the level I'm in. I did do that. 50 eggs. I did do that. Shiny Lugia. I did not, but I had a sweet consolation prize too. In fact, I hatched a shiny Galarian Ponyta and and I caught a shiny Ooxie last night at like 1 a.m. But that's still a two out of four for me. So. Kyle, you and I, we're tied. We tied this week. Could you? Wow. How are we going to split this belt in half? I don't understand. It, you want to just like cut the belt buckle in half and we could wear it around like like a heart locket? 
Like best friends no, buy no, for you each got, other. You go, you go lengthwise, so we both have a belt. Like, a, but just a thinner belt. Yeah. Who gets the top half and who gets the bottom half? I don't think it matters. It matters to me. Okay. Well, so then do you I can just decide? Get, I get first dips. Sure. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna take top half and then I'm gonna think about it and then be like, I just meant I actually meant the bottom half. That's what I want. <laughs> after you're happy with the bottom half, just so okay. I can cause the most mental distress as possible. All right. Great. Sounds like a plan. Anyway. We also have, uh, you know, a show to do. So why don't we hop right into the news? Yo, what up? It's the news. And this week, we've got one piece of news to talk about, similar to last week. Uh, well, insofar as it's only one piece of news, it's not another community day. Don't worry about it. <laughs> this one is for Fashion Week. We saw this on the uh, the monthly overview with minimal, minimal information on there. So here we are. Here's the information dump for that event, which it's actually starting on Tuesday, September 21st at 10 a.m. to Tuesday, September 28th at 8, 8 p.m. local time. So it's for an entire week starting on the 21st, which is uh, in a week from now. Trainers Furfru, the poodle Pokemon, is making its Pokemon Go debut during our Fashion Week event, along with many of its forms. Keep an eye out for a variety of stylishly dressed Pokemon in the wild and in raids, along with new avatar items in the shop. In celebration of the event, the shop will be having a first-of-its-kind sale on select avatar items. That's kind of exciting. We haven't seen that before. I already said when it was, September 21st through September 28th, uh, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. local time. Features include Furfru will be making its Pokemon Go debut. Some of its different forms will be available in certain regions around the world. Please reference the bottom of this post to learn how to use the new form change mechanic. We'll get there in a minute, <laughs> but let's let's list the forms here. There's a list of 10 natural form. It's available globally in the wild matron trim available as a form change globally dandy trim available as a form change globally debutante available as a form change in the Americas diamond trim available as a form change in Europe, the middle East and Africa star trim is available as a form change in Asia Pacific. Lorraine, 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 trim. I'm going to say Lorraine. I'm going to say it's Lorraine as well. Uh, available as a form change in France. Oh, it's probably French. Uh, the Kabuki trim is available as a form change in Japan. Pharaoh is a form change available in Egypt and heart trim will be stay tuned. It's probably going to be for events. I would assume they might. That, it's it. got to just be for Valentine's Day next year, right? One would think one would think look forward to Pokemon like Butterfree, Sneasel and Blitzel wearing fashionable costumes for the first time. Costume Pokemon that starred during last year's Fashion Week event like Smoochum, Carlia, Shinx and Krogunk will return as well. I love the Krogunk with the hat. Big fan. Yes. Uh huh. The next part of the season of mischief special research story misunderstood mischief will unlock help Professor Willow study up on how Pokemon like Furfru and others that might surprise you change their appearance. Complete special research to earn an encounter with the beautifully voiced Meloetta. If you have already accessed the Pokemon Go Fest 2021 exclusive special research, completing this new special research will instead earn you Meloetta candy. This is for those of you that haven't been around before for a go fest and then post go fest uh, associated special research thing to get the legendary or the mythical. Uh, this is common place. Yeah. Yep. Fashionable trainers with fashionable Pokemon and more will be appearing at Pokestops throughout the event. Challenge these trainers to earn rewards. Let's hope they are not as abundant as they were in day two <laughs> go fest last year. 
Let's hope the rewards are still as good, though. Let's hope. Let's hope. Complete timed research for a chance to earn encounters with fashionable event-themed Pokemon. You can also earn an exclusive Furfru wig avatar item as a final reward. You wouldn't catch me dead wearing that thing, by the way. Yeah. The Furfru rig will also be available for purchase in the shop after the event is over, beginning Wednesday, September 29th at 1 p.m. at PDT. I say that, but there's definitely an, a chance that I might wear it just for the lulls in the future. No. I don't want to completely, you know, you know, avoid it. You're saying, no, you'll never change? Absolutely not. Not to that, at least. Yeah. Starting on Monday, September 20th at 1 p.m. PDT, Fashion Week avatar items like Hoopa Bangles will be available in the shop. Certain avatar items will be on sale for a limited time. Make sure to check out the shop and find your next fashionable outfit at a bargain. A hot tip from me, a fashion in Pokemon Go expert. If it's not a onesie, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) Yep. That's yeah. true. Now, you might be like, Chris, you're not wearing a onesie. You're right. I'm not because I'm not fashionable. Live live through my mistakes. Don't do what I did. Don't get a shirt, pants, the whole thing. Just buy the one piece. Get a Charmander onesie. Call it a day. All right. There's some more to this event, too. This is kind of an interesting, complex, condensed event. Pokemon encounters. In addition to Furfru, costume Pokemon like Curlia, Blitzel, and Krogunk will be appearing in the wild. If you're lucky, you might also encounter Butterfree. So Butterfree is going to be a rare spawn, uh, which is hilarious because in this current spawn pool, I get them outside all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Costumed Pokemon like Sneasel and Shinx will be appearing in one-star raids. Costumed Butterfree and Curlio will be appearing in three-star raids. The Pokemon appearing in five-star raids and in mega raids will not change from what has been previously announced. The following Pokemon will be hatching from seven kilometer eggs. Are you ready? I am Alolan Meowth, Galarian Meowth, Smoochum in a fashionable costume and Shinx in a fashionable costume. You think it's just these four? So I will not be hatching eggs then. It's going to be a lot of Meowth, man. No eggs. I I refuse. Absolute (laughs) refusal. (laughs) I have three of these four shiny already (laughs) on top of the fact that it's a bad pool. It, it's, it's just going to be nothing but Meowth. Galarian Meowth, probably. Yes, yes. If you're lucky, you might encounter a shiny Butterfree, shiny Sneasel, shiny Smoochum, shiny Curlia, shiny Shink, shiny Krogunk, or shiny Blitzel, all wearing fashionable costumes. You may encounter shiny Blitzel without a costume after Fashion Week has concluded, but you won't see Blitzel in the wild very often. Well, thanks for the heads up. It is kind of a rare spawn, I suppose. That is the first time they've ever said that yeah it's interesting or or anything of that like so that's cool i think it's neat that they're uh adjusting their their verbiage for expectations so they can people are like well you just released the shiny for it to never be out like well we told you it'd be rare like yeah like blitzel as you just said it's a pretty rare spawn it's it's not very common so hopefully it's pretty common during fashion week so you get the shot at the shiny I mean, Which, but it, w- it would be the one with the costume, so it can't even evolve. Yeah, but whatever. Hmm. I kind of want the shinies. Shinies right. Upstriker. The shinies are right. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. Uh, new form change mechanic. Are you ready? Here mm-hmm. we go. Furfu's debut in Pokemon Go also marks the arrival of a new feature that will allow you to change the forms of certain Pokemon. Follow these steps to change Furfu's trim. Furfru begins in its natural trim. 
select Furfru in your Pokemon storage, and then tap the Form Change button to bring up a menu that lists the available trims. Select your preferred trim. Changing your Furfru from one trim to any other trim will cost 25 Furfru candy and 10,000 Stardust. So, Kyle, correct me if I'm wrong here. The first trim is free. Changing it after the fact costs 25 candy and 10,000 Stardust, but the initial one does not? No. It has a default form, natural form, which is going to be in the wild. And your very first one you have to pay for. There's no way it's, it's, it's free. No, okay. Now, I figured that was the case, too, because I read it the first time, and I thought of the question I asked, and then I went back and I read through it again. It says, Furfru begins with its natural trim, which is a trim in and of itself, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to ask the question, because I'm sure I'm not the only person that read to that point and was like, oh, changing from yeah. one to another. Yeah, the, it, it comes with a trim. Trim is included, just not batteries. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but that's this entire event. Now, Kyle, I know you're going to be talking about uh, form changing in a little bit here. So let's not let's not spend too much time on it. But other than that, any thoughts, feelings about this event in general? It's definitely new ish in format from other events we've seen. I'm lukewarm on this event. Furfru is an uninspired Pokemon in general. To have an entire event themed around it is just why and like i get it there's enough content there mm-hmm. but it's just i i definitely feel like after like three days i'm gonna be like i've had enough of this type of thing for for who should have been like a weekend release not a, a week-long event uh, i suppose so i think the reason that it's longer is because they're debuting a f- like a new mechanic yeah but like they could have debuted the new mechanic with several pokemon like at the same time, if they wanted to make it a week long thing, yeah, debut this with Rotom. There's Rotom, or and if you don't want to do that, we'll get into the second. There's a couple of other very obvious ones you could debut it with that wouldn't break the game that I think they could have done. It's also just kind of weird to to see this because they've already set a different precedent, right? Like with Giratina and Giratina O. So it's weird that these uh, the form change mechanic exists in a game that's already made a solution for it. Albeit yeah, or, or at least as, has taken a stance. Right, right, to a degree. So I, th- I think there's something to be said about there. What do you think they're doing? Do you think that they're just going to do this sort of mechanic as like a fun thing and not like a serious legendary competitive thing or? I don't know. There's a there's a couple of different ways that they can go about it, but it's going to depend on the Pokemon. And I'm going to break that down more specifically in just a moment. But OK, cool. Well, I don't want to get in the way too much more because it sounds like all the interesting conversation that's to be had is what you're planning on covering in this week's gear up. So so we'll hop to it. But as far as like core elements of this event goes, I, I I'm kind of excited. I know, Kyle, you said you're lukewarm, but my final my final say in this for me personally is that I'm looking forward to it, if only for something kind of new and non-formulaic. The event needed something to encourage people who don't care about costumes. Yes, I would agree. Hatch distance. I, I, I hate hatching eggs because of that. And the pool's garbage. Catch experience. We get a lot of that. Like, 
something to encourage play besides here are spawns that you will probably get bored of very quickly. Uh, you can play with your fur fru. <sighs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, I think that's pretty much it for for news there. So why don't we just go right into Gear Up, where we talk more about Furfru and other things. So this week on Gear Up, we're talking about form changing or game changing and how a form change mechanic can affect the future of the game. So I've got a large list of Pokemon here. I'm going to read through them at at a certain point. It's a lot. It's a lot more than I thought there was going to be when I started writing this. So bear with me when I start listing things off. But there's three main points with form changing. You have the ones that only affect visually, which is to say Furfru, uh, Vavillion, Toxtricity, uh, Flabebe, a couple other like that. You have the ones that change their stats completely and utterly like they're almost a different pokemon like darmanitan but darmanitan actually falls into both categories that's a terrible example ignore me how about cherim cherim's a better example of that where sunny and rainy or overcast cherim are completely different pokemon deoxys completely different pokemon and then the third one is you have the stat changes that only happen in combat. Darmanitan and Galarian Darmanitan have a form change that only happens in combat. Aegislash has one that only happens in combat. Zygarde has one. And they do the same thing as the previous one, change the Pokemon fundamentally, but it's supposed to be temporary. And that makes that a balancing nightmare in Pokemon Go as we see with Megas and stuff like that. Yeah, let the let the sympathy flow for the game designer in that case. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to go through a list right now pointing out some ones that stand out and how it could affect things. Just uh bear with me. And Chris, if you have any questions that seem to stand out, please do. Okay. Here's who can change forms in Go currently. And I'm pretty sure this is comprehensive. The second list is not. You mean these are Pokémon that have have multiple forms as a design right but they and are already in the game in one form or another okay but cannot currently form change correct you just catch them right okay cast form first things first form changing would be a big deal because it'd give you more options to get better pvp ivs more options just to get a water cast form really that's the that's the standout one deoxys more options to have more Deoxys is good. Defense form for PvP, obviously. Cherum, you know, Cherum. <laughs> Rotom, it's it's a prime option. Where's Rotom? This this should have been Rotom's event, not for a fruce. I'm, Fair. I'm, I'm salty. Giratina, it's the obvious one. It's overwhelmingly strong. So they probably don't want you to have double the raids, and they probably don't want to cut out 50% of the raids either. Darmanitan, again, very strong, but only really for Galarian Darmanitan. Regular Darmanitan, when it form changes, it just swaps its attack and special attack, which wouldn't really do anything in Go. The Force of Natures, who cares? Like, <laughs> who cares? Oh my god, harsh, dude. <laughs> it, look, look, both forms are already in the game. 
both well okay landorus is is all right landorus is pretty good and that's about it so it's almost an issue that doesn't need to be solved next up is kiram kiram is garbage but <laughs> kiram black and kiram white is really really strong like i think it goes from 3700 cp at level 50 to 4600 oh so it's what? it's it's massive. It's like 310 oh attack or something. That's so nutty. If that happens, that would be a, a massive thing for form changing. Meloetta. Who who cares? It's it's cute. And that's kind of about it. Genesect. One of three form changes that is item-based. So it's it's hardly a form change. And I would not expect us to see this one. Cause it just gets a different attack move, really. It doesn't change type, right? It doesn't get like a subtyping when it does that because it's already bug steel or whatever. No, I believe it. It just changes the type that the move is. Yeah. Hoopa. We're just uh, dealing with Hoopa now. So Hoopa confined and Hoopa unbound. Hoopa unbound has the potential to be really good. Its stats are really good, whereas Hoopa Confined is not so great. Lastly, are Zacian and Zamazenta. Woo! We, we've talked about them for a few weeks now. They will be fantastic when we get their crown forms. Their stats will be through the roof. But now, no. No, now, no. Don't. No. Just, they're bad. They are bad. <laughs> but I will tell you, though, uh, th- this form uh, of many battles form zamazenta the model looks really good and go i think zayshin does too but i saw zamazenta and i was like wow this looks like good and i think it's just like for whatever reason those colors look really well in the shader that's unique to go in comparison to like sword and shield i was like oh this model looks pretty good i i think zamazenta's problem is that it's uncrowned form looks better than its crown form because the shield is really goofy yes it is pretty goofy <laughs> But moving on, we have a second longer list here. Pokemon that aren't in Go, but have a variety of forms. Some of which won't really be relevant to Go. Some of which will be very relevant to Go. First up is Shaman. I didn't really even consider it because it's a mythical. We're going to get one of them anyways. So yeah. Which form do you think we're going to get first? the hedgehog form yes please bring on the hedgehog the the not sky form i don't know what its name is right it's hedgehog form but that's not its name no it is now okay fine yeah next up arceus another item based form change but this one actually changes arceus's type so that is far more impactful next there's vavilion and this one are technically forms, but they were unique to the region that you could catch it in. Which, again, this would have been primed to release alongside Furfru. Make it a double release. It's perfect. Yeah. But Vavilion has 18 different forms, 16 of which you could catch. Two of them were event-based. And this one is pure visual, so no statistical advantage. Same with the next one, Flabebe. It's just got four different colors. Whatever. What a goofy name. Yeah. Yeah. Flabebe. Next up is one close to my heart, Aegislash. This one is a combat-based one. It only happens 
in combat when you use an attack move and its stats completely invert. So it's a fairly significant. Otherwise, it's always in defense form. Hopefully not too close to your heart. He's kind of sharp. Th- that's okay. All right. It's a ghost. How sharp can it be, right? It's just made of, <laughs> I don't know. It does, does uh, a lot of damage. right? Yeah, sure. I, I can't imagine that's good for your heart either, though. <laughs> Next up is Pumpkaboo. Yeah. And Gorgeist as, a, as an extension. This one is really interesting because it's based on the size of the Pokemon. For those of you who don't know, Pumpkaboo has four sizes, extra small, small, large, and extra large, I think, mm-hmm. is how it's broken down. And their base stats are different. If you find an extra large Pumpkaboo, it is slower and has more attack than an extra small Pumpkaboo, which is pretty neat, honestly, even if it doesn't make that big a deal. But this is the this is the only opportunity in the entire game where Pokemon Go's size thing could actually take part of. Yes. And you know that's not going to happen. <laughs> no, but it also begs the question if they start implementing the form change for these sorts of Pokemon, uh, will they will they make it so that Pumpkaboo has to be you catch it and that's the way it is because it's based on size? That's that's what I'm saying. It's perfect. It, it can have multiple forms. You just can't change it as long as they tie it to the size. Make it make the yeah. size worth it for one Pokemon. That'd be kind of cool. Or, you know, just add Grass Knot as an effect of doing more damage based on the Pokemon's weight or or whatever. Nah, I think that's too strong in this game. Come on. Be great. It would be great. <laughs> Next up is Zygarde. There's too much to talk about for Zygarde. Suffice it to say, it has several mechanics that will probably not make its way into Go, but it has three different forms, all of which have very different stats. Who knows which ones we're going to get. I don't know how to say this Pokemon's name, and I didn't know it existed until I made this list. So, Oricorio. Oricorio, you got it. Didn't know it existed. It's, it's a Sun bird. Moon. Yeah, I didn't play enough of Sun and Moon, apparently. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a bird. It's got different colors that are each a different type. So that's pretty significant. It's a bird that that dances, and each form is a different dance. God. Okay. Come on, that's awesome. No, I don't. I, oh I saw it and immediately was, immediately was like, what is this? I love birds, and I, I'm a big music theater fan. I love this Pokemon. It's a nice little cross-section of all the things I love in life. But based on the main series games, its different typing is based on what island you catch it on. So it's a prime example for splitting it up hemispherically or something like that in Go. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. They should do hemisphere and equator for it. I think there's four forms, right? Yes, there are. Yeah, they should do hemisphere and uh, equator as well. They could do it. Yeah. Please don't. Next up is Lycanroc. Really cool Pokemon. I love this Pokemon. It's got three forms. The three forms can learn different moves based on which form it is. It's pretty significant. One of them can learn counter and the other two can't. So (laughs) for Go, that's a big deal. So a lot of potential there for form changing. That's one where it actually might work, I feel. Next up, wishy-washy. Ooh, Chris Chris made a face there. How does Chris feel about wishy-washy? I like wishy-washy. I have no idea. I have no even wild list, wild thought on how this could be uh, shown in Pokemon Go. 
yeah, it's it's another one of those combat forms that's that's real difficult to translate. For those who don't know, Wishy Washy is actually ha- Wishy Washy actually has an ability where it it becomes a school of fish that looks like a bigger fish. It's very cool. Normally, it's one like little small fish. If it has more than fifty percent HP, it's one giant fish made of like fifty fish. It's awesome. It's awesome. Its design is fantastic. The ability is fun. When it falls below fifty percent HP. It reverts back to a single wishy-washy. I don't know what you do with that and go. You probably just don't, but. Uh, It would have to be, it would either have to be combat based or if they choose to keep them as separate forms and then they just, you know, make it so the singular wishy-washy is only good in order to get the school form wishy-washy. Then it would be like instead of like on top of 50 candies, let's just say it also takes 25 wishy washy. That order to would be or something. wild. There's no way their code could handle it. I, I would love I that, refuse. though. I forcibly think- transfer. All right. Now, please select which wishy washy you would like to transfer to evolve this one. But it's not transferring because they're all going well, with the same one. Like you don't get like the candy back for transfer. It you oh, are yeah. getting you are getting rid of them. So you have to sacrifice. <laughs> God. And then which one? does like its ivs pass on then you you'd have to the whatever do the, the first same thing one for is, basket right? legion in a million years though oh that's true <laughs> hey they would get use out of two pokemon for one mechanic it seems like a worthwhile investment don't you think i, I mean yes i think it'd be cool just for the one pokemon <laughs> because it solves a problem and again i'm like you said that you know you can't imagine their code taking it but i don't think it'd be that all that difficult uh yeah you know stuff breaks for no reason sometimes around here very true very true but the next Pokemon, we're still only like halfway through this list. Savali. It's another item-based Pokemon. Changes its typing and changes the type of its signature move. I don't know the name of the signature signature move. I hate this Pokemon. It is Whoa. God awful ugly. What? Oh, disagree. <laughs> it is awful. It looks like a Chimera. But not in a good way. I like it. No. Oh God. Minior. It's it's got a stat change. It's also a combat form change. So it's got the worst of both worlds. It's also got like seven different colors. So it could form change forever and you just keep clicking the button until you're done. Yep. It's got a form where it has clothes on and a form where it doesn't. <laughs> Next is Necrozma. Ugh. Chris doesn't like this Pokemon. I like this Pokemon. It's stats. When it form changes are a significant change. So this is a problem they'll definitely need to address at some point. Yeah, I could I could do without Necrozma. Come on. It's so weird, man. It's like geometry. Yeah, it's great. No, you you, but do do you dislike stack attacker? No, I like stack attacker. It's just geometry, man. No, stack attacker is a big goofy box with with a Dr. With, Octopus legs. But like they're not Dr. Octopus legs. They're just squares stacked on squares to be legs. Yeah, I think that it's, that's, it, that's it is less chaotic and just like oh, visual my God. than Necrozma is. I think Necrozma is cool, but if you take a minute to look at the model, it just looks no disjointed, unbelievable. It's, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't anyway, Necrozma can fuse with uh soul galio or lunala to make a completely new form um and be very different so that is probably just going to be its own raids whenever we eventually get to that point yeah because the stats are are quite good 
Next four are going to be uh, quick succession. They're all visual changes. They don't affect the game at all. Magirna, Toxtricity, looks awesome in both forms. Sinistee, and Alcreme. How do you feel about Alcreme? I like Alcreme. I think it has potential for an entire event, just like this Furfru one does in the it future. Does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Alcreme is the cream of the crop when it comes to <laughs> it has it has like 24 or something like that i don't i don't well, remember we, it. we also have to remember that there are people listening to the show and people that play pokemon go that don't know who some of these pokemon are so like we can do without explaining who toxicity is but el creme who is or what is el creme el creme is is a whipped cream pokemon it, mm-hmm. it is a pile of whipped cream with like two pieces of fruit or anything else we'll get that in a second in its hair and it has 10 different colors and seven different hair ties that it can have so 70 different el creme yep my lord and they all gigantamax they all gigantamax into the same exact form so don't worry about that though yeah but yeah, it also not only does it have different hair ties, it also has different whipped cream color. So it has that's it's ridiculous. I think one form is very cute, and I think 70 forms was unnecessary. Wow. Okay, geez. Moving on to my second least favorite Pokemon that Pokemon has ever released. Ice Q. It's it's awful. It's off anybody anybody who has never seen this pokemon i want you to go look it up right now e-i-s-q-u-e it's a penguin but its head is an ice cube instead no no. i i I misspelled it chris you can't talk over me oh sorry go ahead e-i-s-c-u-e it's a penguin it's a penguin but it's not i know why chris likes it you said Q U E, didn't you? I did say Q U E. It completely got past me too, man. I know it did. <laughs> <laughs> I stared at it first, and I'm like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait! No, no, no! It, it says Q, but it is it not a Q." Q. <laughs> God, oh my god! Why do you think I like this Pokemon? Because it's just a penguin. Well, so its second form is that the ice cube melts on its head, and then it looks weird. But I like it when it has a full ice cube for a head. No, they're both terrible. It's it's absolutely awful. Please. Someone else tell me that you don't like this Pokemon because it's it's terrible. Don't feel pressured. If you like Ice Q, there's also a safe space here for that with me. I mean, please, please do send that in because then Chris and I will just get into it over that yep. an, another time. But moving on, we're almost done. More Pico. It's cute. Its form change taint changes the type of its signature move from electric to dark, depending on the form. And that's about it. What's it's the a, name of the form? Hangry. <laughs> I don't. I am not a fan of Morpeko. Morpeko is cute, though, no. dude. Yes, and it is. And the fact that I they just, called it hangry makes me so happy. I, uh, so funny. Next up is Urshifu. Its form change changes what moves it can learn, I'm pretty sure, which makes that pretty complicated and unlikely for us to see and it's typing too yeah it's typing as well but it doesn't change it visually right they, they look the same 
the 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 two form i'm pretty sure they look the same pretty sure they look different oh they have a different stance they have different stances yeah well no and and the uh the hairband is different okay so the visually they have a very slight difference so it'll be interesting to see how they handle that i suppose it might be very confusing if they just had two different raids for it though it's not as striking as Giratina and Giratino, for example. What I'm hoping is that they'll give us Cub Fu at a Go Fest and we'll have another pick your own adventure and we'll do a mini Isle of Armor where we have to choose which form we want it to be in. Uh, and then we'll get the other one in the future at some point in time. That'll be a little disappointing because it's it's not mythical, right? Cub Fu is mythical. Is it? Man, let me check. Legendary, you're right. There's no way. There's no way they only give us one. Because Urshifu is going to be too strong. <laughs> so I hope they don't do that. Kung is adorable, by the way. Sure is. And last but not least, Calyrex. We just talked about this. Well, I just talked about this. I don't know. If, my God, it's probably been a month now, hasn't mm, it? I thought I was going to say like two or three episodes ago. Yeah. Pretty close. Calyrex is not very special, but its rider forms, when it combines with Glastrier and Spectrier, it's very good. With Spectrier, it's like top of the charts ghost. Oh, yeah. Unstoppable type thing. Very good in the main series game. I would assume it would only be incredibly good in this one, too. Uh, Grass Ghost is just really good typing. Yeah, there, there's no way they give us form change for this Pokemon. There's, I, re, I refuse to believe it. We will mm-hmm. just get three separate. But see, here's the thing. It's going to be five raids for this one set of legendaries. That's half a year's worth of legendaries. Five ra- Oh, yeah, I suppose for Calyrex, the base horses and the combined forms. Yeah. That's like- if they stick to their guns with the separate forms thing. And you made an interesting point up ahead, and I'm sorry. I was holding on to this to talk about uh, because... Well, I'm bringing it up now because it's the end of the under your list. But the point that you made about them not wanting to probably do the form change for some of these legendary or mythical Pokemon or whatever the case might be, because they'll lose out on 50% of the raids that they would have otherwise gotten sales for stuck out to me. And I've been thinking about this the entire time you've been going through this list. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Calyrex is a great example because you're right. That's that's, you know one pokemon arguably that you get five rotations out of that's too good yeah but here here's the question though what candy does it use will the rider form because it's a form use calyrex candy in which case raiding glastrier and spectrier will be worthless because they are both like bottom tier pokemon absolutely awful maybe a little Maybe it'll require both types of candy. That'd be wild. They would have to cut the candy requirements in half. Yeah. I, w- let, let's say they did that. Let's say instead of 20 Calyrex candy, it was 10 Calyrex and 10 Spectrier candy to get your, you know, rider form up. I think that'd be kind of sick. It's a possibility. It's definitely now. But here's the thing. And this is why it's an interesting conversation is this form change is perfect for some stuff though like arceus yeah because nobody's we're not gonna raid 16 18 months of arceus no 
you know, well, no, not willingly, at least we're, we're not going to raid two months of Arceus. Let's be real here. No <laughs> one's doing that. The the monthly bundles better have 10 raid passes in them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but it, it works really well for the more straightforward ones, I think, like Urshifu potentially. Yeah. Even if it potentially cuts out raids. And it's a no brainer for the visual ones that are not region based. Like toxicity, there's no benefit to its two forms. Do you like yellow? Do you like purple? Take your pick. Sorry. Do you like yellow or do you like blue? I can't remember my colors, apparently. <laughs> Look, man, I don't know. We learned our colors all really a long time ago. Uh, it wasn't that long you. ago for me. I did it in college. <laughs> oh, that's true. I guess you did study that, huh? That's all right. Mm. I read a lot of books in college, and I, I haven't read a book since. So. I know you have. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, boy. <laughs> but I'm excited for form changing once we see another example. I think I'm more excited to see what the next example is going to be, because then we could have this entire conversation over again and make more educated. <laughs> yeah, well. We can make a, a much more educated guess. Yeah. I think if the next one is something that already exists, that's going to say a lot for moving forward. Sure. Absolutely. I think it's also possible they might get five rotations out of Calyrex and then after they're all out, be like, well, we're transitioning this Pokemon into form changes. <laughs> We'd be like, but I did 50 Calyrex or 50 Spectrum raids for my writing form. You know, maybe, like. Maybe. I mean, look, let's be real. Calyrex is probably like two years away. And at, they at minimum, have a reason to bring it. I think at minimum, for sure. Yeah. Oh, uh, and I bet you it's going to be a a, a spring solstice event. Okay. Because okay. it's a harvest Pokemon. Maybe. Yep. Maybe. Well, thanks, Kyle. I'm looking forward to having this conversation again in the future, like we said. <laughs> but it's time for Pokalore, and guess who it's about? It's about your favorite poodle Pokemon, Furfru. Uh, as Kyle and I were saying before the show, Kyle, oh, I was like, I don't want to talk about Furfru anymore. And Kyle was like, well, there's no other chance we'll really have to justify talking about Furfru. So we might as well see it through to the end, finish strong, run through the finish line, all that stuff. So Furfru is a quadrupedal canine Pokemon with thick white fur that covers its black body apart from its paws and face. The fur is thicker and fluffier around its head and tail. It has round red eyes with blue eyelids, a pointed snout with a round light blue nose, and long rectangular ears. When its mouth is open, two pointed teeth can be seen on its upper jaw. From the description, physical description, it sounds a lot more intimidating than this Pokemon actually looks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Furfru is commonly seen with its fur trimmed and dyed into various styles. However, only those it trusts are allowed to cut its fur. In the past, aristocrats would even compete over who could trim its fur into the most exquisite style. Cutting its fur increases the swiftness of its movements. It used to guard the king in the ancient time of Kalos and is known to be loyal to its Good trainer. Lord. Yep, there we go. Stats ready to be blown away by some physical prowess? Yep. Max CP at 40, 2111. At 50, 2387. Nice. 181 stamina, 167 defense, and 164 attack, also known as bad. Best move set would be takedown for that stab because it's normal type, of course, and it doesn't have a normal type charge move. So you could kind of make a case for surf, dark pulse, or grass knot 
if you are trying to make a case for this Pokemon at all. Now, watch me eat my words and see this Pokemon be very good for some reason in PvP because there, I don't understand PvP. There's no way. There's no, no way. way. Okay, its stats well, are just too low. Ever since Greedent, I don't assume anymore. Oh. So there's that. <laughs> but that's that's for a fruit, short and sweet. I figured we'd talk about it since we were already talking about it for so long. Uh, yep, it's a poodle Pokemon, and people like to cut its hair. It just looks bad. Like... <laughs> I like the idea of a poodle Pokemon. It's good. <laughs> I just think Furfru looks bad. There was a joke uh, in, in college with my friends. One time after like a party, we were waking up and going to get food in the conference, uh, like the like the, the student center, essentially, and the cafeteria. And next morning, we saw somebody who didn't go to the party and, and stayed in. And one of my friends got like, he was in a bad way the next morning, let's just say. Right. Okay. And we walked in and uh, my friend was sitting at our table who didn't go. Right. And he saw my other friend. He goes, man, you look bad. <laughs> and just the way you said that about Furfru, like just brought me right back to that moment. And so now I'm just going to think that Furfru just always had a really rough night the night before. And it kind of looks like it had bed head and didn't have a chance to shower in its neutral form anyway. So... <laughs> That's the association I'm making now. Thank you for that. But enough about fur fruit and my personal anecdotes from college. <laughs> Let's move on to some, uh, I guess, anecdotes from other people to a degree. It is the Pokepole section. Last week's Pokepole was, if you could add another Pokeball type to Pokemon Go from the other games, which would you add and what would it do? First one's from Nick Bunce. And they said, I wish they'd change the premier ball on a shiny raid encounter to a master ball. It is functionally the same thing. So give it the more exciting skin. You know, that's not that bad an idea. No, it's a guaranteed catch. Why not? Yeah, but, but what if you miss? Do you just get another master ball? I mean, yeah, sure. Why not? They should have it. So like it returns to your hand or something. Yeah, or something. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. I, and they could do it. They could yeah. make it work. Clifton V said, I would like to see the level ball. You could make it more effective the higher the person's trainer level. Straightforward and a good idea. I, I would like to see it be more effective on the higher the Pokemon you're catching's level. Eh. Give you a reason to want to use it rather than just always. Oh, sure. I, yeah, that's a good point. Especially like against something that's weather boosted, level 35, all of a sudden you're like, oh, geez, I got to catch this. Yeah. Next room's from Tadun, and they said, I'd love to see the luxury ball implemented. It could make the buddy process faster by either reducing the hearts needed or increasing the amount of daily hearts, or even making it so the Pokemon gets excited easier. It's not a bad idea. That'd be great. It's not a bad. The problem is that you never know what Pokemon you're going to want to be your buddy. So well, just, some people, some people kind of do. Well, I mean, like statistically. Oh, like, like your sure, IVs sure. I, I want to have a Gengar as a best buddy, but I want to have a Hundo Gengar as a best buddy. You know, hmm. maybe That's if luxury a, balls were really rare and they increased the chance, like it raised the IV floors to ten, 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 hmm. um, and re-rolled them above ten, 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 so that it was less of a waste. So you could be like, oh yeah, today it's community day. I've saved two luxury balls. I'm going to luxury ball two and the best one out of those two, I'm going to make a, a buddy or something. That'd be kind of neat. It would have mm -hmm. a neat little layer. Yeah. Next one is from modders. Hello, gents. 
I'd add the Master Ball along with an excellent curveball throw trainer badge. You need to throw 1,000 throws for bronze, 3,000 for silver, 5,000 for gold, and only when you've managed 10,000 for your platinum badge, you'd earn yourself 10 (laughs) Master Balls. (laughs) I'd also make it so the 100% catch rate only works on your first throw, so none of this, I'll use all of my Premier Balls to catch a hondo, then chuck a Master Ball at it as a last ball. Use your balls wisely, trainers. Once they're gone, they're gone. It's good life advice from otters. <laughs> yep. That's a steep price for for a limited resource. Oh my gosh. I like it. I like it. It's, it'll it'll bring it brings opportunity and pain to players. And I'm always about that. That's funny. I would have crippling, crippling fear to ever use one. <laughs> have you used any of your rare XL candy yet? No, absolutely not. Me not. Me, me neither. I don't know what to do with it. Oh, what am I supposed God. to do with it? It saves me like what ten kilometers total. Yeah, I, I don't like, know. Yeah, I would sit there staring at them like, what do I catch these with? <laughs> I don't. I, I can't. And the next in person go fest, they'll be like, and who still has ten master balls in their inventory? To be like, oh, this is my calling. <laughs> it was me. No, no. <laughs> I feel like in that instance everyone's hand yeah. is going up yeah just, you, just a wave <laughs> the person from niantic up there would be like yeah that's yeah we know none of you have used them statistically speaking not a single master ball has been thrown <laughs> <laughs> so now someone out there will use one to catch a pidgey just to say mm-hmm. that they did make a video out of it yeah exactly for the views <laughs> next one was from carlo and he said i'd put the repeat ball in the game it heightens your chances of catching a Pokemon that you already have registered in your Pokedex. No more high CP catches breaking out of a Grub combo. Those would get used exclusively on starters for me, depending yep. on how rare they were. Oh, yeah, 100%. I agree. The next one comes in the form of an email from Jackson, and they said, Hello. My answer to the Pokeball is the Dusk Ball. Give a small boost, 5 to 10% boost, for catching at night. It would make light night Pokemon a lot better. See you later, Jackson. Uh, Objectively, true. Agreed. This is good. Next one also comes in the form of an email from Tristan. They said, luxury ball. If you have this species of Pokemon as an active best buddy, you will get a higher catch rate and Stardust slash Candy slash experience. Available at level 50 from Shadow Pokestas because James had a Pokeball collection. This would be good because of the 20 buddy changes a day and how rare best buddies are. So it's not overpowered and you need to level up so you can get remote raid pass without going to Pokestops and shops. Also, it looks cool color scheme wise. Hard to argue. Hard to argue. Agreed. I like the tie in with with James, though, too. I didn't I forgot about that. Agreed. Giving giving other value to shadow stops of some kind. Yeah, it'd be kind of neat if they were like, here, uh, instead of taking our Pokemon, I'll give you this Pokeball and you just leave us alone. So you have a yeah. choice between an encounter or a rare Pokeball type or something. Yeah, I, I, that'd be interesting if what if they pick one of these and do that. And instead of spinning and getting three to four items, you got one item specifically from like the rocket pool. Yeah, that'd be kind of neat. It would also give us a reason to do more rockets in preparation for stuff. And it would also let you target those items a little bit more effectively. They're just mm-hmm. hoping. Yeah. So this week's Pokepole is what is the one Pokemon you're still hunting for? This could be a shiny, Dex entry, Hundo, etc. Shadow, you know, you name it. 
certain CP, whatever yep, you want. Certain CP. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I, I have an answer for this one. Okay. Shiny Tentacruel. Yeah. Yeah, we've been talking about Shiny uh, Tentacle for a long time. Every single event. Like, I don't actually care about it as a Pokemon. I just like the Shiny. Mm-hmm. Every single event it's featured in. I'm like, are you Shiny? Are you? Just give me all the Tentacle. All of them. Come raise on. Your, raise your Tentacle if you're Shiny. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody, huh? All right. <laughs> Guess I'll try again tomorrow. Uh, for me, it is... Definitely like a really good hundo legendary Pokemon. And I want one that like leads a category. I've been sitting on like a 96% Kyogre for a long time and it's bothering me. I have 100% Rayquaza and a 100% Zapdos for sure. And Rayquaza is very good, but I have a lot of very good dragons. Like I want a Kyogre, but, but Rayquaza <laughs> is the best dragon when you don't count shadows like yeah no i i agree 100 i've already got that one i feel like okay. i don't really flex the dragons for for very much outside of neutral dps sometimes because usually when it's going to be super effective it's weak and rayquaza you know four times weak to ice there's a lot of issues right yeah i yeah. want a kyogre i want to i want a hundo kyogre for sure Yes. I, I only have one Hundo legendary. What is it? Is Entei. Oh. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it's good. Like, it's it's a good. It's the second best fire type when you don't count shadows. Yeah. But what? I don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't. It's like it's like me being excited about my Zapdos. I'm just like, yeah, I guess on a technicality, it's fine. But. But it's, I mean, it's, uh, it's good. It's not like just fine. I know, but you know how sometimes good things can be disappointing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Look, I, I like don't, this is, <laughs> I, I, I don't care that I have it, but I do have it. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, if you, dear listener, have an answer to the question, what is the one Pokemon you're still hunting for? This could be a shiny Dex entry, Hondo, et cetera, shadow, certain CP, whatever you want to do. You can answer the question when we post it on Twitter to at GoCast podcast. You can also, you can also answer the question when it's posted in the discord channel in our Patreon discord. If you are a patron of ours, we're a Patreon in a moment here. Um, and then you can also leave us a voicemail to two, six, two, five, eight, six, seven, seven, one, seven, or you can send us an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com. But before anything else, we're going to pass on over to fish and DeFi E who this week, according to the notes are going to be doing an introduction to self arena. Maybe, Kyle, you and I should listen to this one. (laughs) Over to the two of you. Hi, I'm Fish on a Heater. And I'm DeFi250. And this is PvP Corner, the PvP segment that likes to think of themselves as world champions. DeFi, what is going on in PvP right now? Well, in Season 9 of Go Battle League, we are currently in the Ultra League and Ultra League Remix. Ultra League Open is just like it sounds. You can use whatever you want. But the Remix, we have some 10 bands. 10 different Pokemon are banned, and they are Clefable, Alolan Muck, Swampert, Empoleon, 
Togekiss, Giratina Altered, that's the one with the legs, Cressalia, Talonflame, Melmetal, and Obstagoon. And this runs from Monday, September 13th, yesterday as of today's recording, goes all the way until Monday, September 27th. So Fish, any memes, any good (laughs) Pokemon in Ultra League or Ultra League Remix that you are trying out? I haven't had an opportunity to run a meme team Monday with the Ultra League Remix yet. I've played one day of the Cup, and I started out with a team of Shadow Machamp, Armored Mewtwo, and Articuno. Now, the Articuno has Icy Wind and Ancient Power as charge moves. I do not recommend Ancient Power. It's only got Ancient Power because I don't have a Hurricane one built, and Hurricane is a legacy move on Articuno, so it would require an Elite TM, and I'm not quite ready to do that yet, so I'm just running it with Ancient Power, but it's been a really nice safe swap. It's really helping me to flip back some lost leads and get the wins. Not to mention Articuno is the legendary bird that represents the best team in Pokemon Go. (laughs) Uh, Disagree. (laughs) All right. I haven't gotten too much of a chance to play again. This league just started yesterday, but I have ran a little bit of that open ultra team that I talked about. Machamp in the lead, Umbreon and Talonflame. And I do like it, although I think I am probably going to either change to the remix or switch up my team later on. I haven't hit rank 20 yet. I'm only at around rank 15, so this team is working out pretty well for now. But I think I would really struggle playing Talonflame in the upper ranks in Go Battle League because I'm having a rough time getting that timing down with Incinerate just perfect. Those long, slow, fast moves are really tough for me. So that might be something that I change up later on in the season. Yeah, it is very tough to handle them. PV Poker actually even has a category for, I think they call it clunky or something like that, where it's there are certain Pokemon like Confusion users, like Incinerators, that are just difficult to handle properly. They have a very slow turning circle. It's like driving the Titanic. That is definitely how I would. That is a perfect (laughs) simile for it. I love it. What a perfect picture. (laughs) So definitely going to switch out of that later. So enough for Go Battle League for the moment because we have some big Sylph Arena news. We have a new world champion, the world champion for 2021, which we will talk about in just a moment. But Fish, first we have to talk about how did we get to this point? We knew who our continental champs were. How did we get to this point where we have a new world champ? What happened this past couple weeks? Well, bit of a disclaimer. It's pretty convoluted. Um, There was a a very complex system to find four challenges to take on the Continental Champs in in the final World Championship. They took the top four ranking battlers from each Continental region. So North America, South America, Europe, and Asia Pacific. And they were split into four groups. And... They battled until they managed to find a winner from each group. So four people remaining. They are Dunebug97 from Massachusetts, Vani from Spain, Dancing Rob from Germany, and Andrew Menares from Mexico. So 
four challenges placed against the four continental champs, Bar the Gamer, Bibalicious, Ventuski, and Shady Asian. And that brought us to our final eight-person double elimination tournament. I do want to mention that uh, I've got a bit of a claim to fame here. I happened to beat Andrew Manyares in a Prismatic Cup tournament a few months ago. So I am very happy about that. At the time, he was ranked 12th in the world, and I got a couple of messages from people like, well, dude, <laughs> you beat you beat Andrew Manyares. What? Very cool. That is definitely a fantastic claim to fame. But those eight people duked it out. There was a double elimination tournament that was streamed live on the Silph Arena Twitch channel. And we have a winner. We have our world champion. It wasn't any of the continental champs. It was one of the challengers. It was Dunebug97 representing Massachusetts USA. What do you think about that, Fish? Just uh, annoyed that it's another... Uh, world champion from North America. I want I want the other continents to have a turn. Let the other continents have a turn, DeFi. Well, I don't know if I can control that at all. We've got some pretty big powerhouses coming out of North America, the United States, Canada, uh, and Mexico. So bring it on, Fish. <laughs> bring it on. But yeah, well done to Dunebug, the undisputed greatest Pokemon Go PvPer in the world. Absolutely amazing. Congratulations, Dunebug. Now, we are finally getting to the question that Triptando, that Tristan sent us a while ago about the Sylph Arena. Let's do it. Are you ready, Fish? Yeah, let's do it. At long last, let's go. Tristan writes, I'm quite new to Sylph, only having played the Commander Cup and Venture Cup myself. I like the team building and the new metas, but the part of Sylph that I would like to learn more about is ranking. What are all the different Sylph ranks? What are the requirements for those ranks? How do tournaments influence my rank? Does the amount of rounds matter? Does the rank of myself and my opponent matter? Is there any difference between tournaments with local players or worldwide tournaments? All still played remotely, of course, in this current season. How many tournaments can I play per month for rank? How does ranking and unranking certain tournaments work? I know it's a lot of questions, but some clarification on this could help more and more battlers get into Sylph. See you in the arena, Tristan. Before I hand it off to Fish to start off these answers, because we are going to answer every single one of these questions, but we have to let all of you know. We are about to start a new Sylph season, and every time a new Sylph season starts, the rules change a little bit. So all of the stuff that we're about to talk about right now could change a little bit come the start of the next season. And if anything does change, we will be sure to cover it right here on PvP Corner. So ranks and requirements in the Sylph Arena. When you first start out, you haven't played a tournament yet in this season, Everyone starts out at the trainer tier, and that comes with a, a nice dull gray color <laughs> next to your name on your Sylph Traveler's card. The next stage up is Rival, and it's pretty darn easy to get to Rival. All you need to do is like place decently well in one tournament, and you'll get up to Rival. After that is Challenger, and that's where you have to start, you know, getting a bit consistent throughout the season with your results. I would put it as 
about equivalent to ace rank in GBL. After challenger comes ace, and I would put that as kind of an equivalent to veteran or expert in GBL. Only 2,200 people made ace rank in the Silph Arena this season. After that is Elite, which I put as the same thing as reaching Legend in GBL, and only 510 people in the world made it to Elite. I was so close, Nephi. I was like 200 spots off. Oh, man. Yeah. And then finally, there is the Arena's own Legend rank, and that is, I consider that to be just a league of its own. Only 36 people in the world made it to Arena Legend rank this season. I think there are actually levels beyond that, but no one's unlocked them yet. So uh, we, we won't know for probably a long time. Now, Tristan, to get on to your question about the ranking system, how do tournaments influence my rank, that type of thing? Well, I'm sorry to say we can't give you a full answer because the arena keeps the full ranking algorithm a secret. And that makes sense. It's so people don't game the system and try to take advantage through loopholes and things. However, there are a few things that we do know just from completing three self-arena seasons. We know, for example, going 3-0 is better than doing 2-1. And going 1-2, so one win, two losses, is less bad. You're going to tank less than when you go 0-3. Yeah, totally. It just basically shows the ranking algorithm that, like, if you if you lose the first two, they give you another chance to show that, oh, actually, my, my opponent wasn't actually that much better than me because I, I took the third one from them. And so the algorithm will be able to see the skill gap between you guys wasn't actually that big. Or maybe if you, you lose or win all three, then the algorithm sees, oh, yeah, there's actually a bit of a wider skill gap. Right. So even if you lose the first two battles of your round, always be sure to do that third match. And it doesn't matter if you do lose that third one. Like the algorithm views 0-2 as the same as 0-3. So you actually don't stand to lose anything by just playing that third battle and seeing if you can get one back. Actually, the biggest thing to pay attention to is the rank of your opponents in a tournament. That's really the biggest factor in impacting your rank is the skill of your opponent. So if you beat people who are ranked much higher than you, that is going to skyrocket your own rank. So that's something to really pay attention to. That's what happened to me when I beat Andrew Menjares and um, and a few other people in that tournament were all very, very high ranked and I did very well in that tournament. So uh, that that's kind of what skyrocketed me into the top thousand in the world and, and I managed to maintain that. Looking at the size of a tournament, larger tournaments don't really seem to matter too much. They only really matter insofar as it gives you more opportunities to win. Where you place in a tournament doesn't appear to matter too, too much. Only who you played and how many wins you got. You mentioned local versus worldwide tournaments and whether that makes a difference. Not really, but kind of yes. So... Basically, in the first season of the arena, when most tournaments were happening in person, there were very, very few remote tournaments. 
all these players were playing in their own little communities. So the ranking algorithm had no choice but to judge the the worst player in, say, Los Angeles as having the same skill as the worst player in South Australia. But then everything went global and everyone started battling against everyone else in the world. And suddenly the algorithm had all these other data points to work with. So it could see that, oh yeah, this worst player in Los Angeles is actually beating everyone in South Australia. (laughs) So the worst player in LA is actually better than the best player in South Australia. And so it adjusts those rankings accordingly. So really the fact that all these tournaments have gone worldwide has just allowed us to get more accurate results and accurate rankings and accurate determination of who is actually better than who at PvP. Taking a look at the number of tournaments you can play, you can play in up to six ranked tournaments each month. After those six, it does not impact your rank. It impacts your rank zero amount. You can choose one of those six tournaments to be a weighted cup, which is worth 10 times the effect on your ranking. The other tournaments have a two times impact, 1.6, 1.2, 0.8, and 0.4. And then after that, again, it's just no impact after that. So if you your seventh tournament isn't going to impact your ranking at all. There's a little box for each tournament that you can check or uncheck that says, yes, I want this to be my 10 times weighted tournament. And you can click it and unclick it as many times as you want. But when there's the last result of the round, then you have to be sure whether it's clicked or unclicked. That's your opportunity. You kind of have to lock it in there. And the order of the tournaments, whether it's your two times, your 1.6 times, your 0.4 times, whatever it is, it goes by when the tournament starts. And this process trips up a lot of people and it's changed over the years. That also applies to if you get to the end of your tournaments and you have multiple tournaments where you've ticked that little box for 10 times waiting, it will apply the waiting to the first tournament that started. And again, that is by when the first round starts. So you keep an eye on that because like I said, very confusing, but very important if you care about your rank. My strategy of just always having the boxes unchecked and then waiting until the last round of a tournament to check it, that backfired on me last season. There was one month I didn't have a 10 times weighted tournament because Mm -hmm. I just never checked a box. And I kick myself for it because that could have scooted me past the top thousand. Yeah, but then you would have had to write a jingle for PvP Corner. That's true. (laughs) And I am so glad I did not have to do that. Um, I actually do the opposite. I leave them all checked until like the last round where I'm like, well, I did lose two rounds out of five. I'm probably going to do better in, in like this other tournament here. So I might uncheck it and then report my result. I might have to switch to that method. So that's it. If you have any suggestions or questions for content for the segment, then send them through to mail at gocastpodcast.com. A couple of plugs. First, I want to talk about BTW Podcast. I had Astro Zombie on my stream on Friday night US time, and it's becoming... A thing now he's he's coming on regularly to play gbl with me and have a bet on who does better this week we bet on who would gain or lose the most gbl rating 
He dropped like 150 odd points for that day. And I gained uh, like 40 points in the end. And so as a result, I had to draw an MS Paint image of Astro and he had to make that his profile image in Discord and Twitter and uh, any anywhere else he had a profile image that was Pokemon Go related. And he has to have that up for a month. So this is becoming like a really fun thing that we do regularly and there will definitely be more. So keep an eye out on that. Oh, and I've also got this Friday um, Breaker from the After Dark Ride podcast. He's going to be joining me on the stream as well. I mean, it will have already happened by the time this podcast comes out, so I should have said this last week, but check out the VOD. It's on YouTube, it's on Facebook, it's on Twitch as well. Um, He's very convinced that he's going to get absolutely pummeled in his GBL sets, so we're going to either help him through that and not let that happen, or we're going to laugh mercilessly at him as it does happen, whatever what happens in the moment, <laughs> which of course we do it with love. But uh, yeah, uh, definitely check that out because Breaker is a, a fun guy. He's really cool. Excellent. And remember, if you have, if you want to reach out or find us on any of our other channels like Twitch or YouTube or Twitter, uh, you can click on More Fish or More DeFiE in the show notes. And with that, let's send it on back to Chris and Kyle. Thank you, Fish and DeFi-E. Kyle, it's it's that section of the show. You want to do it? Do the thing? Uh, do I have to? Yeah, you do. <laughs> it's it's, it's, the, it's emails. And we've got no emails this week. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of email responses that were in for the question this week for the uh, the PokePole question. Um, and it's been a really short period of time since the last episode came out to this one. So surprisingly, when all things were said and done, everybody was responded to appropriately in the inbox. There was no emails to do on the show this week. So it's kind of nice. We'll take it. Won't look a gift horse or a gift horsey in the mouth. There you go. Yeah. All right. That means we just got to set some goals, Kyle, and then we're going to be on our merry way. So Oshawa Community Day this upcoming weekend and go. Uh, Well, I can't set any goals for Oshawa Community Day. I am unfortunately working all day starting at like noon. So, yeah, I'm going to set a goal for one shiny. Hopefully I I, I get that. Oh, man, it's heartbreaking. I was going to set a goal for level 44 with the bonus experience, but that is absolutely not going to happen. Sorry, man. That stinks. Let's go with 40 eggs. I have to take advantage before they change over to even worse eggs. Okay. (laughs) Um, What else is even going on? GBL, perhaps? No, I'm playing too much Kenshin Impact for for to take the time to do that for anything else. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's it's Genshin Impact or chess. It's only Pokemon Go when I'm away from home. <laughs> You're missing the Final Fantasy 15 event in Final Fantasy 14. I probably would not have done it if I was playing. Anyways. But I got a car. The car is stupid. You clearly you tell, haven't ridden in the car. You can tell Alex to listen to this episode. <laughs> sorry anybody <laughs> anyways i need a third goal i'm gonna say two hundred thousand stardust Ooh, i'm at 3.1 million right now nice really yeah that's a lot for you i haven't i haven't spent any in in a good while i could nice. definitely like spend a whole bunch but i i finally hit eight million just a few hours God. ago 
<laughs> my goal is 10 million. That's what I'm going to do. All right. Let this episode be the receipt. I'm going to hit 10 million and I'm either going to spend a bunch or that's going to become my new zero. <laughs> I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure yet. But one shiny 40 eggs and 20,000 stardust for you. Yes. All right. Perfect. For myself, I want to hit 7 million experience in my level. So 2 million more. 25 shinies, 200,000 Sardis as well. And I want to walk those 25 kilometers. I need it for my my next level requirement. So I got to keep doing that. Okay. Got to keep actually hoping to aim for it and stuff. It's looking pretty clear this week. So there shouldn't be any crazy weather or other things keeping me in the way, getting in the way of me being able to do it. So let's see. But that's it. Mm -hmm. That's the end of the show. that's, That's the end of the show. Yeah. Yeah. So. Here we go. If you find folks, by the way, we didn't do mail, so I didn't do the normal thing in order. If you would like to send us an email, you can to mail at gocastpodcast.com. You can also leave us a voicemail to 262-586-7717. You can visit our website, gocastpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, which is not our only, but it's the only social media we actually pay attention to. And by we, I mean me, <laughs> at gocastpodcast. You can help support the show monetarily and get access to our Patreon Discord where we do raids, a bunch of different stuff. We talk about other other games. It's just a really good time. You can do so via Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash GoCast podcast. And the minimal tier is $1 a month, and that's the one that has access to the Discord. There's other stuff, but the best thing is the Discord. So there you go. Shout out to our elite trainer tier patrons for making this show possible. Cyprian Bo, Daniel Zekwalker, Andrew, Chad, Robert, Michael, Ozzy, Ted, Tish, Ben, Marvin, and Mimi, Sports, and Thayer. Thank you so very much for your generous support and helping us keep the digital lights on. And that's it. We set our goals. So all that's left is to bid you adieu. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.